Good morning again, and um, as you open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 16, we'll be, uh, we'll be in uh, verses 5 through 12 this morning, talking about the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. This is, um, is going to be a, a message that kind of piggybacks on what we went through last week. Last week we finished up a series on Renew Your Mind, and there was, um, and last week what we talked about was peace of mind, but that peace of mind comes from the knowledge and the wisdom and understanding of who God is and what he has done and what he can do and just resting in who he is as our creator and our savior and our redeemer and the peace of mind that we gain from that knowledge. But also knowledge also does have other benefits as well. And that's what we'll be talking about tonight for, or this morning for at least half of the time. And the other one has another spiritual truth that we can, we can get from this. But starting in verse 5, Matthew chapter 16, starting in verse 5 through verse 12, it says, Now when the disciples had come to the other side, they had forgotten to take bread. Then Jesus said to them, Take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And they reasoned among themselves, saying, It is because we have taken no bread. But Jesus said, but Jesus, being aware of it, said to them, O you of little faith, why do you reason among yourselves because you have brought no bread? Do you not yet understand or remember the five loaves of the, of the 5,000 and how many baskets you took up? Nor the seven loaves of the 4,000 and how many large baskets you took up? How is it that you do not understand that I did not speak to you concerning bread? but to beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Then they understood that he did not tell them to beware of the leaven of bread, but of the doctrine of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Now within this short passage of these seven verses, what we can find, what we can take away from it are two main truths that I want us to see today. One is that Jesus will take care of our needs. He will take care of our needs according to his riches and glory. And secondly, we must be aware of false teaching. We must be aware that it is out there. We must be aware of what it is and how we can know it and how we can recognize those things. But to have an understanding of what, this, of, of what we're seeing here, the very thing that we need to look at is verse 5 says, Now when the disciples had come to the other side, they had forgotten to break bread. This is a backdrop of the conversation that Jesus had with his disciples. Is that the disciples had on their minds, they had forgotten bread and they were not, they didn't know where they were gonna get their food. The places that they were going was not going to um, give them the luxury of replenishing their food um, at, any, at any short time after uh, reaching the other side. So having that backdrop and that understanding of what's going on, it kind of gives us an understanding of why the conversation took to the direction that it did. Now, the first thing that we want to see here is after, after this is that whenever they, um, whenever they made it to the other side, it says that the disciples, they had come to the other side, they had forgotten to, break, to take bread, and Jesus said to them, take heed and beware of the leaven. There we go. So he, he gives them first the warning. And what he wants to, um, to uh, warn them about is the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Now, they had a misunderstanding, and we'll talk about that as we, a little bit further in our sermon. 
But Jesus warns them saying, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And we understand that what he was talking about was the false teachings of these two groups, the, the doctrine that they carried alongside with them. And Jesus warns them about this. Now, he says they warn them about the leaven of the Pharisees. Now, obviously, you know, leaven is used in baking bread. The warning is, is something about you know, something that's very small in size whenever it comes to something like this. Now, how, how many of you bake bread? Okay, my hand's not up for that. I was just doing that as an example for you as far as what to do. I don't bake bread, but I have spoken to a couple of people about baking bread, and they say that the amount of leaven and percentage of the recipe is around 5%. Is that about accurate? Is it about 5%? Is that correct? Somewhere around there? Okay. So even if that is true, even if it's a little bit more, a little bit, little bit less, 5% of something doesn't seem to be that big of a deal, does it? No, but that 5% in that recipe can either make a really nice fluffy bread or it can give you a really dense nothing if you don't have enough or if you don't have it in there. But that one 5% is according to what scripture also tells us is that a little leaven leavens the entire lump. So even if the false doctrine that is out there that comes from the religious leaders that we see, even if it's just a little bit, it's still something that we need to be aware of. So be aware of the leaven that's out there. But also we'll be, be willing to say that there's not just a little, there's quite a bit. And we need to be aware of it. And this is something that Jesus thought was something that needed to be addressed. And he said, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. So what was that leaven? Just briefly, the Pharisees, they were the self-righteous religious leaders. We can see an example of their actions in Luke chapter 18 and verse 10. It says, two men went up to the temple to pray and one Pharisee, and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and he prayed thus with himself, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even this tax collector. I fast twice a week and I give tithes of all that I possess. They rested their relationship with their heavenly father or with God based upon their actions, based upon their behavior, based upon the checklist of things that they could check off and say that I am good now, therefore I am able to make myself righteous before God. So they were looking at their, at their selves and their own efforts in order to make a relationship with God rather than bowing their knee to their Savior, Jesus Christ. Beware of this leaven. We need to have an understanding that no matter how much we do on our own efforts, no, how, no matter how much we pray, no matter how much we come to church, no matter how much we give of ourselves, that does not establish a relationship outside of Jesus Christ, period. And beware of that because there is a lot of false teaching in our world that says, well, if our good just outweighs our bad, then on the judgment day, if I can tip the scales in my favor, then I get to go in. Beware of such false teachings. Self-righteousness will get you nowhere because we all stand before God guilty in need of a savior. And also the leaven of the Sadducees. And the Sadducees' doctrine was they didn't believe in the resurrection. In Mark chapter 12 and verse 18, it says, Then some Sadducees who say there is no resurrection came to him, and they asked him, saying. They also didn't believe in angels or spirits, according to Acts chapter 23 and verse 8. It says, For Sadducees say that there is no resurrection and no angel or spirit, but the Pharisees confess both. So not believing in the resurrection, not believing that there's an afterlife, not believing that there's a supernatural part 
of the creation. Believing that if there's no afterlife, if there's no spiritual, um, spiritual realm, then we have no soul. We have, that, that doesn't need to be saved. So whatever we do in our bodies in this life is all that there is. I want you to understand that that is too a great, um, a great teaching that is going across our world and infiltrating our schools and in our universities. Is that this is all that there is, so therefore live it up. Drink and be merry. Do whatever you can possibly do because this is it. I mean, it is coming at us at a full charge. Now, I don't, we don't have people that are claiming to be Sadducees or even being religious, but the new atheism that is out there is attacking our kids and our adults. They're teaching them that this is all that there is to look at. The material world is all that there is. Naturalism is the way to go. Humanism is the way of life. There is nothing bigger or better beyond our human minds and therefore, it causes a change in the worldview. And noticing that the, both of the groups that Jesus was talking about, these were religious leaders. These are people of the religious groups. And there's, there's more than our fair share. We can just get on TV and look and flip through some different things and, and go to a few different websites. And you'll find that there are many religious groups and many religious sects that are teaching false teachings. They're not teaching the true full gospel of Jesus Christ. They water it down or they leave, it, leave things out in order to make it better palatable for people to actually take and engage. Whatever they can do to build their own castle here in this world, they'll be willing to preach that from the pulpit. And it's a false teaching that is only leading people to hell rather than bringing them to a right relationship with Jesus Christ. We've got to beware of that. Just because someone claims the name of Christ, just because someone says, I'm a Christian, and they're doing things in the name of God, does not mean that they are so doing. Beware of the leaven. We look at 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 1. It says, but know this, that in the last days perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, Blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. It's a pretty accurate description from what we see that's actually growing in our society. Absolutely. But I want you to understand, we're not talking about the people who look like the world. Paul goes on to say, as he's writing to Timothy, he says, all of these people, the men that we just described, having a form of godliness. Can you imagine that? We don't really have to go very far. But there are people who, um, who, who meet, this, meet the description that Paul was writing to that have a form of godliness, that are leading people astray and taking people out because of their false doctrines that they teach. He says, having a form of godliness, but denying its power, and from such people turn away. But the only way that we can actually know to turn away from those people is what? Knowledge. Knowledge of our God, knowledge of Jesus Christ, knowledge of his word in order for us to expose the lies that are being taught. The false teachings don't only come from these religious groups as we were talking about earlier here. But today we have even, you know, the, the, some of the greatest attacks on the, on the Christian worldview as far as origins, where we came from, why are you here, where are you going when you die, 
you know, the three main questions that we really want to have the answers to, to give our, meaning, our life purpose and an understanding of what's going to do, what, why we're here and, and uh, what's going to come in life. Whenever you start, whenever you start um, taking away the origins of even the universe or our world, where everything came from, we have, we have, a, we have a, um, a mass you know, society of people who want to eliminate the fact that God created all things. Whenever you crack open your textbooks, young people, y'all listen to this. Because if you're going off to college, you're going to be hit with this pretty hard unless you're going to a Christian college. Even in the books that you're listening to now and reading, you'll open it up and you will, you'll see that they give credit to the creation of the universe to a big bang. An infinitesimal region about the size of a dot of a, on, the, on your piece of paper that's in front of you. And they will explain the entire universe's creation and its operation by natural processes alone without referencing to a creator. That's what you're going to get. You can flip through there. You're only going to get one side of the story. It's poss- what, what are the possibilities? The creation of the universe came in by a creator or by nothing. You will only get the version that brings everything into creation by nothing. And they will eliminate the possibility of God without even giving it a shot. So it's not, it's, not a, it's not a fair game, but however, you need to be aware of that false teaching. We all need to be aware of that. We have a creator that created all things. And if he's created all things, we need to know who he is and know what he wants. I believe our purpose here is to, make, is to know God and to make him known. That's everyone's purpose. And if we eliminate him from the very get-go, if we don't, if we don't, if we're not aware of the false teachings that are going to be out there that say that there is no God, then it's going to really change our worldview. The scary thing about it is about 90% of young people, after one semester in college, walk away from the faith. And why is that? Because they hear more convincing stories from their textbooks and their college professors who are atheists than what they get whenever we teach them. We send our kids off to school not knowing the truth, not being, not being able to stand firm on the truth because we need to let them know. The only way that they can expose the false teachings of anybody, of anywhere, is to know what the truth truly is. Truth is powerful. The second thing we see here is not only that Jesus was warning against the leaven, warning against the false teachings, is we see the worry of the disciples. Now, what are they worried about? Food, right? They're worried about their food. What's on their mind whenever they get to the other side? Well, the fact that they had forgotten to bring bread and the fact that they probably don't have a chance to replenish their goods until later so whenever Jesus speaks to them a spiritual truth, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, what, where does their mind automatically go? To their, to their physical needs. Because that's what's on their brain, that's what's on their mind, that's, what's on their, that's what they're focusing on is the fact that they need bread. They need something to eat. So when Jesus says, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, for whatever reason, they automatically go to the leaven of bread. And so then they reasoned among themselves saying, is it because we have taken no bread? Is that why Jesus is talking about this? But they're very confused about what Jesus is talking about because their minds are distracted by their, because of their physical needs. Jesus wasn't speaking about 
bread, but he was speaking of the spiritual truth. And we need to have an understanding of what truth is. We need to know truth. Knowing truth allows us to expose the leaven. Knowing truth allows us to um, discern what is true and what is false. The only way for you to know what is not right is for you to know what is right. That's the only way. Knowledge of, the, of, of God and, his Savior, and our Savior Jesus Christ will bring us to a point where we can understand what it is. Think about, think about the leaven in the recipe. If you have all the, all, the, all, the, all the ingredients for baking bread there, would you be able to point out the leaven? Well, only if you know what leaven is, right? Only if you know what the different ingredients are, would you be able to point out, say, that's leaven. You couldn't do it without any knowledge of baking bread. You couldn't do it at all. You'd be lost. And I want to tell you, if you're walking around this world without any knowledge of who Jesus Christ is and knowledge of his word, you're walking through this, this world blindly. And you're going to be, and you're going to be um, focusing on too many different things rather than the spiritual truth whenever God speaks to you. Whenever Jesus was saying, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, their mind automatically goes to their natural needs, their physical needs, rather than listening to what he's actually talking about, which is the false teachings of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Knowledge is something we need to cherish. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. In John chapter 8, verse 32, it says, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Knowing truth will set you free from the lies that are being told to you because you have the power to expose them. But however, whenever Jesus says, you know, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and then they start talking about bread, they start reasoning among themselves. They've got Jesus Christ right there in front of them. But yet they choose to reason among themselves saying, is it because we've taken no bread? Is Jesus, well, who forgot the bread? That's your fault. No, you know, you got Jesus all mad. Now we don't have any bread to eat. So now they're sitting there focusing on all these things that, that are not what Jesus is actually trying to bring them to. But their physical needs on their minds has got them distracted from the spiritual truth that is being expressed to them, and it takes them on a different, on a, off, off on a different path. Now, notice what Jesus says here. He says, oh, you of little faith. Jesus rebukes them. Why is he rebuking? Where is their focus? On their physical needs. They are worried, and they are anxious because they don't have any food. They are anxious because they don't have enough bread to carry them over. They are worried about their physical needs. But not only that, they are worried about their physical needs that they had seen over and over that Jesus had already provided for in a miraculous way. Because he says, oh, you of little faith, why do you reason among yourselves because you have no bread. This should not even be an issue for you. The fact that you don't have any food, you, the fact that you don't have enough food, is not something with which you need to worry yourselves. Why? Do you not remember? In verse 9, do you not remember? Or do you not yet understand or remember the five loaves of the 5,000 and how many baskets you took up? Know the seven loaves of the 4,000 and how many large baskets you took up? They have got Jesus right there with them. 
Now, according to um, the account in Mark chapter 8, it says that they did not have more than one loaf. Okay, so they had a little bit, not more than one loaf. But having seen Jesus feed 5,000 at one time and 4,000 at one time, by multiplying what little they had, they are still worried about eating. Their physical needs is what their minds were focusing upon. And it was a distraction when Jesus was actually speaking spiritual truth to them. It's more important for us to be spiritually minded rather than worrying about our natural or our physical needs. Do we truly believe that God will supply our needs? Do we truly believe that? According to what Philippians 4.19, it says, And my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Do we really truly believe that? If we really truly believe that, then we wouldn't be, we, our minds wouldn't be taken up with the worry and anxiety about our physical needs here on this earth. Now, according to what the Bible tells us, that he will withhold no good things to those who walk uprightly. I firmly believe that in, in any situation, as long as we are walking the path that Christ would have us to walk, we're walking in obedience to his word and, and, and considering him in all of our ways, that Jesus Christ will sustain us through whatever this world can bring us to. And our needs will be met according to his riches and glory. He may not supply our needs according to what we think that they may need to be, but however, according to his riches and glory, they will be met. You will be supplied. And whatever God brings you to, he will supply you through it, and he will get you through it to, to make sure that the purpose that he has set you up to accomplish will be done. It may not be the same idea that we think, but however, he will supply the need in order to see his purpose fulfilled in your life. He's got the ability to do it. And Jesus, he obviously wanted them to continue in the ministry. He didn't want them to starve to death for the sake of the ministry that comes on later. So they should, have not, they should not have allowed that to be a distraction of their minds as far as their natural, physical needs because Jesus was there and he could have fed them. He would have supplied their needs. And also, and also in previous, previously what Jesus says is, Now if God so clothed the grass of the field, which is today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven... Will he not much more clothe you? You see that another, another uh, phrase there, O oh, you of little faith. When we worry about our physical needs, when we worry about those things, knowing that we're, that we're walking through, that, through the will of God as he's called us to do, when we worry, we need to think Jesus is saying, O oh, you of little faith. Do we truly believe that he can sustain us? Do we truly believe that he will sustain us according to his riches and glory? Well, if we don't and we start to worry, we start to think about our physical needs, the spiritual truths that come to us, we can actually be distracted from it because we are, we are, we are tied up with our worry and our anxiety about the things of this world. So it is better to be spiritually minded and our worry could be eliminated when we fully trust in who Jesus Christ is. And lastly, we see the address of the wrong interpretation of what Jesus was saying. In verse 11, it says, how is it you do not understand that I do not speak to you concerning bread, but to beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees? 
Again, Jesus he expresses that he was not talking about bread, but he was warning against the proud religious law keepers and the Pharisees and the, and the religious group that doesn't believe that anyone will be raised from the dead. He's wanting to warn them about that. Now, after Jesus kind of explains, he says, why are you talking about bread? Why are you worried about bread? You've seen me miraculously feed thousands of people with very little. I've been able to stretch that and to fill so many people up and have leftovers. He brings that to their minds, and then he says, well, how is it that you don't understand that I didn't speak to you concerning about bread? And then he repeats the very same thing. He says, but beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. He didn't expound on anything, did he? He didn't give any extra explanation as to what he meant by you know, leaven of the Pharisees. He just simply restated it, and hopefully with a, with, a, with a different perception on the minds to whom he spoke. So he brought to their attention, look, you don't have to worry about food. Now, listen to what I'm saying. Get that out of the way. Now listen, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And guess what? They got it. In verse 12, it says, Then they understood that he did not tell them to beware of the leaven of bread, but to beware of the doctrine of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They finally understood it. Oh, okay, Jesus, I, I got what you mean. All right, now we're tracking. I'm, I'm picking up what you're putting down. I, I got it now. Beware of the doctrine. Beware of the false teachings. Beware of those things. And I can't stress to you more and more that in, in, the, in the world in which we live, you're not gonna get, I don't think we're gonna have any less lies to fight. I think we're gonna have more. It's going to come on stronger and stronger as the days go by, as we get closer and closer to the return of Jesus Christ. So it's not, it's not, so it's not um, so this is not a time for us to just kind of take it nonchalantly. We should be gathering as much information as we possibly can and sharing it with the world. Because the, the, um, the, uh, the culture in which we live today is not the same as what we lived in 30, 40 years ago. 50 years ago, we lived in a, we lived in a world where there was a high respect and a general knowledge of who God was and the goodness of him. And, 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 the, and the word of God was held to, um, to a high standard amongst the people in our country and in the world. We don't live in that culture anymore. We live in a culture that has no knowledge of that and actually more knowledge uncontrary to. So therefore, we're going to have a lot more questions come up at our doorstep. Kids are asking questions left and right that you wouldn't imagine that will kind of throw you back on your heels and cause you to kind of question and doubt whether you believe this stuff or not. So if you don't have that knowledge, it's something that we need to attain. Really, really take, it, take advantage of the, of the freedoms, actually, that we, that we can exercise here and actually learn from the Word of God in order to expose the false teachings of the world. The answers are here. We have the answers. And you've heard me say it before, if you've got questions to which you don't have answers, we need to get those answers. There's no reason why we shouldn't have an answer to a question. We have so much information that is actually at our disposal now in this time and any other time in history. You've got more abilities for more answers and to be more equipped for the cause of Christ in today's society than ever before. But yet, believe it or not, the statistics show that we are the most ignorant concerning biblical information. That should tell you a lot. But so if we're going to be aware of the linen, of the linen, of the leaven, of the Sadducees and the Pharisees, and even present-day Pharisees and Sadducees, and people who are even apathetic towards God, we've got to 
gain this knowledge. We've got to trust in Christ. We've got to learn. In 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 2, it says, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of, our Jesus, and of Jesus Christ our Lord, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. Let's stand and have a hymn of invitation this morning. Father, we want to thank you so much for today. Word. Father, we just pray that you would just um, open our hearts to the realization, to the culture in which we live. God, that you will put in our hearts a desire to know more about you and to tell others more about you. Father, where, we're, where we, we are weak, Father, show us that the direction that we need to go, help us to be disciplined in doing your work. But Father, we just want to thank you so much for Jesus, and it's in his name we pray. Amen. I just want to thank everyone for being here this morning. Um, any word of announcement before we dismiss?